morning, come on, y'all give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you for being with us this morning, you guys who are joining in online, and as you continue to join in, welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to New Life Church. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. Man, we just had a very powerful time of worship. Man, it was so good. The presence of God was so strong. We would love to invite you guys uh, to worship with us. We start at 10 a.m. Worship starts at 10 a.m. We come on live at 10.30, but worship begins at 10 a.m. Man, it's nothing like being in the building and in the presence of God, worshiping with other believers, and we'd love to encourage you. Come on in if you've been watching online and thinking about checking the church out. Come check us out. Come worship with us at 10 a.m. We would love to have you guys and to see you in the building. But, man, I'm so excited to be with you guys this morning. Have y'all had a great week so far? That's good. I'm glad everybody has had a great week so far. And today is special because we're actually starting a new sermon series. We're starting a new sermon series this, this, uh, today that I'm excited about. It's called, It Could Happen to You. Say, it could happen to you. Now, I want everybody, if you're watching online included, if you're in the room, I want you to raise your hand. See, my hand is lifted too, right? It could happen to you. Say, it could happen to you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it could happen to you. And what we're talking about this next few weeks in this sermon series, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how much of the word you know. It doesn't matter how many hours a day you pray. It doesn't matter how close to Jesus you think you are. It can happen to you because the enemy does not play fair, and he wants to do everything that he can to keep you from the truth of the Word of God. And the next few weeks, I know this is not going to be a sermon series where I'm going to get a lot of amens, but it's going to be like vegetables. You might not like it, but guess what? It sure is good for you. So over the next few weeks and starting today, we're going to give an introductory to the topic of delusion. Delusion. There is a lot of delusion in the world. And I blame social media for a lot of it. Amen. It makes people feel like they're more important than what they really are. They think they are, you're not that important. Just because you have a few followers and people like you, you're not that important. But it's tricked them into believing that they're more important than what they are. But delusion is a topic that I've seen that is running rampant, not just in the world, but in the church as well. And if we aren't careful, guess what? It could happen to you. It's happened to me. I've been deceived before myself. And I had to shake myself out of it. So today, we're going to focus on what is delusion. So today, we're going to hit the topic of the types of delusion, what is delusion, how delusion forms, and how do we get free from delusion. But over the next few weeks, we're just going to go deeper and deeper into the topic of delusion. Let's just open up in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for this awesome opportunity again to come into your presence. I thank you that every heart is open to receive from you today. I thank you, Lord God, that you would just show us something different today. Open up our hearts to truly receive what the Spirit would have to say and to show us areas of our heart where the enemy has come in and deceived us. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, it can happen to you telling you it can happen to you. It's gotten me. It's gotten me before. And I'm going to talk about more of that as we keep going on. But first, I want to start off, first of all, what is delusion? 
What is delusion? A very simple definition of what delusion is, is something false that you believe is true. Something false that you believe is true. And there are many different ways that you could believe something false that is true. How many of you ever believed a lie that you thought was the truth and then you found out later on that it was a lie? How did that make you feel? Did it make you feel good? No. You meant, oh, man, I feel played. How are they going to play me like that? Or whatever the case may be. It doesn't make you feel good when you believe something was the truth and come to find out it was a lie. Because now you have to go back and you try to retrace your steps. You try to think about all the conversations, all the situations that went down. So all that, you mean to tell me all that was a lie? It's delusion. And it's so easy for delusion to come in and to get caught up in our minds. We could get trapped just like that. It can happen to you, I'm telling you. It can happen to anybody. So there's a few different types of delusion that I want to highlight first before we get started. The first one is uh, erotomantic. This is a delusion where the person believes someone is in love with them and they might try to contact that person. <laughs> this, these are all true. Often is someone important or famous. So you say, what does this really mean? This means this. This can mean that a person feels like they have a connection with a celebrity and they feel like, oh, this celebrity likes me. Or this celebrity is my best friend. I've heard people say that, oh, Beyonce is my best friend. I love everything about Beyonce. Don't talk about Beyonce, because if you talk about Beyonce, I'm going to have to come for you. I've heard many girls say that, and they trick themselves into thinking they have a connection with someone or someone likes them that doesn't even like them. And it can cause stalkerish behavior. <laughs> where they begin to reach out to the, y'all laughing, but it's true. These are all things that are true. Delusion is real. Where it steps out and it comes out and you begin to, to obsess over people that don't even know you. If I were to say, how many of you know Michael Jordan? Everybody in this room would raise their hand. But how many people, does Michael Jordan know you? No. We just know a little bit about his life, what, what we know from basketball and all that. He doesn't know us, but we feel like because he's on TV, he's famous. Oh, I know Michael Jordan. No, you don't know Michael Jordan. You know about him, but you don't know him. But we can get trapped in this place where we can begin to think, oh, such and such, they, I have a connection with them. And it's like, no, 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 let's not be deceived. Let's live in the truth. And there was this, this one time where you can get so fixated on an idea or an image of something that it begins to, to turn you away. And there was this one girl that she just, she was just talking and she was like, and I'm not gonna say his name, but if I were to say his name, you would everybody know him. It was a famous actor. She was like, that's my husband. This guy, I'm telling you, he is my husband and I'm gonna marry him. And we were like, first of all, you're never gonna meet this man. Y'all not in the same circles. You're not even in his world. There's no way you're ever going to meet him, let alone even if you do meet him, he's not going to be interested in you. But just because y'all live in two different worlds, but if she had it fixated in her mind, that was her husband. But eventually she broke out of it. But for a while she was serious. Oh, that's my husband. And you could get so fixated in, in, in delusion. And I remember in the youth group, they used to always tell us, when you're thinking about a spouse, write down some traits of a spouse that you feel like will be great in, uh, in a spouse. And I remember I was writing my list down, y'all, and I had so much stuff on that list, front and back, that it was like, I, it was like 
there was no person in the world that could that was created for this list. Like God would have to specifically create a woman to meet all the things that I had on that list. But you know what I did? I began to fantasize about that list. And every girl that I would meet, I would compare it to the list. Oh, she ain't on the list. She don't have this on the list. And in my mind, I began to create this image of a person that I thought was real, but it really wasn't. And so because I was so fixated on this list, I became delusional in my thoughts on who I thought my wife should be. So every person that I came in contact with, they wasn't good enough because they didn't meet the list. And while the list was supposed to be a tool to help me find a wife, well, really what it was doing, it was hurting me because I was so fixated and I became so delusional on something that wasn't real, I thought it was real. Like, if you're not on this list, it ain't it. And it was like I had to shake myself out of it and say, Mario, snap back to reality. There was no girl that that's, that's real. This is not a real person. Now, lists are good to give you a God, but don't make it the gospel like I did. And I had to shake myself out of that delusion and thank God I found tomorrow. But she wasn't on the list. <laughs> Once I shook free from the list, I was able to find my wife. But we could get so fixated on stuff and people that you could lose track of reality. And you're like, hold up, wait, wait, I'm living in all, this, this is not real. But, if it could, but in your world, it seems so real. That's the first one. The second one is grandiose. What is this? This is a person that has an overinflated sense of worth, power, knowledge, or identity. They could believe they have a great talent or made an important discovery. So this person, they have an over, overinflated sense of worth and power and knowledge. Like I mentioned, social media, to me, a lot of people on social media have this one, where they feel like they're more important than what they really are. It's like, no, you're not that important. But they posting pictures of them, selfies every day. Here's my selfie for the day. Nobody cares about your selfie but you. You constantly posting pictures of you. We scrolling through. Nobody want to see all these pictures of you. But, it's made, but you've made yourself feel that you're more important than what you really are. And social media has given us an avenue where you could just go in there. I'm going live in 20 minutes, guys. Let me tell you about my latest beauty products. And it's like, nobody care about your skin routine or whatever the case may be, it's like, but it's made you feel self-worth. It makes you feel more important than what you really are, and now you're living in an alternate state of reality. And it happens just like that. It could get you hooked just like that. You see people, now such as, she didn't change. Now she wasn't always like that, but she got a little social media uh, account, now she, she acting a little different now. What in the world is going on? And sadly, it happens in the church too. I remember I was talking to a pastor one time, and talking about just having that sense of importance, like you, you're more important than you were. He went out to dinner with the pastor after church, and he was like, with the worship leader, and he was like, bro, I just want to tell you, man, you led worship awesome tonight. The presence of God was in there so strong. I just want to encourage you, keep seeking the Lord. And the guy said, oh, if you thought my worship gift was good, you should hear my preaching gift. My preaching gift is amazing. And he said the guy just went on and on and on about his preaching gift. And he said for the rest of the night, he didn't say one other word because there was nothing else at this point that he could offer the guy because he was so fascinated about his preaching gift. And it's like, don't think more of yourself than what you really are because it can really take you over. And you could get so caught up in I'm this and I'm that that, that you can lose sight of what God really has for you. 
I remember there was a time we were doing this big church-wide, this was back at Baton Rouge, we were doing this big church-wide outreach, and there was this guy that he called himself the evangelist. He's like, I'm not going, he's like, I'm, the, I'm an evangelist, I'm an evangelist. And so we were doing this big church-wide outreach, and one of the things that we wanted to do, we wanted to go out to evangelize. So it was like, well, let's ask the evangelist if he wants to help out with this. So I asked him, I was like, hey, would you like to help out with this? And he said, sure, I'd love to do it. And then about a few days later, he came back with a piece of paper like this thick with a list of stuff that he needed in order to do the outreach. And none of it had anything to do with evangelism. None of it. It was, I need camouflage T-shirts, camouflage bandanas. I need, I need this. I need that. It's like, first of all, what does any of this have to do with going out to telling people about Jesus? It had nothing to do with it. It was all about promoting his evangelistic gift. And when I said, no, we're not doing any of these things, we're giving you T-shirts. First of all, we give you a T-shirt to go out and do it. We're not going to buy T-shirts for something we already give you the T-shirt for. And after his knees were met, you know what? He didn't even do it. He didn't even see him again because it didn't meet his needs because he wanted to promote his evangelistic gift. But when it didn't happen in the way he did, oh, I can't be used now. Can't be used now because he felt he was more important than what he really was. Don't let the enemy lie to you and make you feel like you're more important than what you really are. That is a horrible thing to do. And the pastor, there was another story where a pastor was like, this guy would always come up to the pastor. Pastor, is there anything you ever need me to do? I'll do it. And the pastor finally came up to him and said, I need you to help me in this area. Pastor, I'm telling you, if there's anything you need, I'll do it. Okay, I need you to help in this. Pastor, I'm telling you, you're not hearing me. If there's anything you need me to do, what the guy was saying was, I'll do anything. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That that, that is a little beneath me. I don't want to do that. Don't feel like you're more important than what you really are. Grandiose. The second one is jealousy. A great example of this is Saul and David. Saul became so jealous of David that it says that he became afraid of him and tried to kill him. He became so delusioned with David and so fixated on David that he said, the best way to take David out, I need to kill him. I just need to go ahead and take him on out because he got so delusioned to think that David was after him. Because they said they they came out saying they saw Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. Oh, so they think David is greater than I am. And he became so delusioned and fixated on David that he said, you know what, I need to kill him. Jealousy. How does that respond to us? We can see a person in a position and say, that should be my position. That should be me up there. I should be the one running this company. My boss don't know what she doing, he or he doing. I should be the one running this company. And we could get jealous and we could start thinking that we should be in positions that God didn't even call us to be in. But because we have a jealous heart, we begin to look at the person that God has placed there in a jealous way and say, you know what? You might not say I want to kill them, but you say they're not doing a good job. You begin to badmouth them and talk behind them behind their back, and they, I don't know what they do, and they don't make the right decisions. They need to be doing this because you feel like you know better, but it all comes from a place of delusion, of jealousy. And these are all, I'm telling you, say, it can happen to you. It happened to me, I'm telling you. It can happen to any of us. Persecutory is the next one. It's someone who has this belief that they are being mistreated or someone that they love is being mistreated or that someone is spying on them or planning to hurt them. 
So the main thing of this is that you feel like you're being mistreated or someone that you love is being mistreated. And that could come in the form of false information. You ever read a situation wrong that you thought you read right, but it really wasn't? And you're like, oh, I thought they were mistreating them, but you didn't have all the information? Those are things that can happen just like that. Where you feel like, oh, I thought they were mistreating you. No, you did, just didn't know all the information that was going on. But we have to be in a place where we're not deceiving people into saying, you know what, in the workplace. This happens a lot in, on the workplace when a promotion time comes. You know, when promotion comes on the workplace, everybody's up for the promotion, or there's a new position that opens up. I remember when I worked at Blue Cross, whenever, like you had to be in, like if you're just coming on, whatever position you're in, you have to be in that position for one year. But when that one year was up, it was like open season, and they would open up the, uh, the portal where you could go in and apply for different positions. And boy, let me tell you, when it was time for them positions to come up, it was like cats and dogs out there. People fighting over positions. I don't know why they go interview such and such. She, she only been here a year. I've been here five years. And, and it's, they mistreated me. They overlooking me. They know what, what service I've done to this company. I've been working hard. And she come late every day. And, and she don't even come. She don't even do what the boss tell her to do. And, and she come back. And, and it's like all this bickering that comes along with it, they just mistreating me. They don't, they don't deserve me. They don't, or somebody else, they should have gave you that position. I don't know why they gave her that promotion. You've been working here longer than her. He been, man, he just got on it. I remember I, I've been with the company for a year, <coughs> and I got a promotion after one year, and it was one guy that I thought was my friend that was up for the same position too, and he had been there for like five years, and he didn't get the position, and when I tell you, from that point forward, he never spoke to me again. He never spoke to me again. All because they gave me the promotion over him. I was like, that's not my fault. I didn't tell them to pick me. But he felt like they were mistreating him. So everybody in our department, he stopped talking to all of us. He would come over there every day laughing and kikikiing. But as soon as that, the promotion to go to him, he stopped coming to everybody in our department from that day forward. Why? I'm being mistreated. It's not being mistreated, but that's how you read it. And we can get deceived in thinking that they're being, we're being mis mistreated. The next one is somatic. This is a person that believes they have a physical defect or a medical problem, where it's always something wrong. Now, there are serious medical issues, but there are some people that they just make up stuff just because, oh, I just don't know what's going on with me. The wind is blowing a little different. I feel something in my knee. And, it, and it's like, what you talking about? <laughs> It's 95 degrees outside. But it's always something going on. And the last one is mixed. These are people that have two or more of the delusions that we talked about before. So why am I talking about delusion? Why are we doing a whole series on delusion? Because the enemy is out to deceive you. He is out to deceive you in any way that he can. And he won't stop until he deceives you. Because he knows if he could deceive you from the truth, he could keep you from receiving everything that God has from you. It will keep you from moving forward because there's a delusion in your mind, something that's false that you think is true that's going to hold you up from what God really has from you. So the enemy will do everything that he can to deceive you. That's why it could happen to you. It happened to me. I'm going to keep saying that throughout this whole series. It can happen to you just like that. You think you're on, oh, I'm loving the Lord. I just came out of the prayer meeting. I can't be deceived. Bam, deception comes. 
One conversation, now you're deceived because the enemy doesn't play fair. In 1 Timothy verse 4, verse 1 through 2, it says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the, from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. The enemy is out to deceive us, y'all. He, he doesn't play fair. He's out to deceive us. And this is one thing I learned about delusional people. They always feel like they know more than you do. They feel like they have a, this air or this superior wisdom or knowledge or insight than you do. That I, I know a little bit more than you do about the situation. I know a little bit more about life than you do. This is what Isaiah verse 47, chapter 47, verse 10 through 11 says. It says, you felt secure in your wickedness, and you says, no one sees me. You said, but your wisdom and knowledge have led you astray. And you said, I am the only one, and there is no other. So disaster will overtake you, and you won't be able to, to charm it away. Calamity will fall upon you, and you won't be able to buy your way out. A catastrophe, a catastrophe will strike you suddenly, one of which you are not prepared. There was a situation where, I think I might have told this story before. There was a guy that he told us, you guys will never be as smart as me because I've been reading Proverbs for 20 years. You will never be as smart as me. You never have more wisdom than me because I've been reading Proverbs for a long time. Wait, what? What? Did he really just say that? But the deception that came inside of him, the pride that came inside of him made him really believe that, hey, I've been reading Proverbs, the book of wisdom, for so long, I'm smarter than you. That deception. The enemy is out to deceive us in any way they can. So we talked about what is delusion. How does it form? The first way that it forms, it forms is in our thoughts. It starts in our thoughts. When you constantly entertain false thoughts, we deceive ourselves into believing they are true. When you constantly entertain false thoughts, eventually you will believe that they're true. I'll give you a funny example of it. There was a guy that I grew up with. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Our dads were real close friends. We went to elementary school together. We grew up together. We played together. We did all this together. So at about the age of, I guess, five or six, we started telling people we're cousins. This is my cousin. So all through life, every time we would meet people, we would say, this is my cousin. So by the time I'm a teenager, in my mind, I start to, are we really cousins? <laughs> and I got to the place where I said it so much, I really started to believe that we were cousins, even though I knew the truth was we were not. But something just that innocent and just that small has deceived me to really make me sit and think for a long time, are we really cousins? <laughs> are, we, are we really cousins? Because I think we are. And then I start trying to go through my mind and like, let me see you through the family line, because maybe. And I deceived myself into believing something that wasn't true, just like that, because I kept thinking about it and I kept speaking it out. And the longer you think about and speak out deceptive things, eventually it's going to get in your spirit where you believe it's true. It's going to deceive you to the point where you're like, oh, this is true. Something innocent, it can start off innocent, but eventually it can start off and it could turn into something bigger than what you thought it was. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. 
And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Don't dwell on deceptive thoughts. Them deceptive thoughts will take you out. Thoughts that confuse you will take you out. Confusing thoughts will eventually turn to deceptive thoughts. And you'll begin to believe those lies and that delusion, and then, bam, now you're in a place where you believe the fa a falsehood as the truth. Think about those things that we just read in, that, in Philippians 4 8. Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the first way that delusion comes in or it forms is by our thoughts. The second way that it come in is through open doors. Y'all with me online? Y'all following with me? The second way it comes in is through open doors. What are open doors? Open doors of perversion and behaviors that lead us away from God. When you constantly have open doors to the world or open doors to influences that push you away from God, it's easy for delusion to set in. You can find yourself in situations and relationships and doing things that you never thought that you would do all because there's an open door that keeps letting you back in. You keep going through that open door. And when there's open doors, it's, no, it's, it's hard to get out of. You know, no alcoholic started off with their first drink and said, you know what, I think I want to become an alcoholic. You know, I think that's a good idea. I want to become an alcoholic. After their, no, no alcoholic thought that after the first drink. But what happens is over time, because they have an open door to drink, what they say is over time, oh, I can stop anytime I want to. Anytime I want to, I can stop. Oh, I can stop smoking whenever I want to. I have willpower. How's that working out for you? And there's many different things in our life that we could deceive ourselves into thinking, oh, I can stop anytime I want to. I'll just keep that door open just in case I want to go back to it for comfort. I can stop anytime I want to, anytime I want to, but you still have that open door. You're deceiving yourself. You're setting yourself up for delusion. You're going to warn it to that falsehood, open up those doors where the enemy can come in and get you trapped where you now, now you can't shake free and you're back in the, in the, in the system and this sin cycle and, like, and you find yourself frustrated. Why can't I ever get free? Because you have open doors. Because you deceived yourself into thinking you can break free anytime that you want to. And we're going to talk about more in this. I'm telling you, this series, we're just going to go deeper and deeper in this. But Romans chapter 1, verse 28, it says, Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and to let them do things they should never do, and let them do things that should never be done. The lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. Now, how do you do that? They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. All these things stem from open doors. You have open doors in your life, all those things that we just read, guess what? It could happen to you. It can happen to you. Third way delusion forms is this. There's no self-assessments. 
you make no self-assessments. Now, this is a big thing for me. To me, one of the big things that I love to do is make self-assessments, where I assess myself. And self-assessments can be very hard. That's why we don't do them. That's one of the reasons people don't make self-assessments, because it's hard to tell yourself the truth. But if you can't be true with yourself, who can you be true with? If you can't tell yourself the truth, who can you tell the truth to? But self-assessments are hard because you have to deal with your real issues. You have to confront who you really are. And at times, that can be very difficult to do. So that's why we don't make self-assessments. So what are self-assessments? Or what are some of the things we should do? The first one is, how is your daily devotions with God? That should be a daily self-assessment. How is my daily devotions with God? Go back and ask myself, how is my relationship with God? How are my daily devotions, my interactions with God? How am I doing with that? Be honest with yourself. You can't say, because you, you, know, you can tell people, oh, I've been reading my Bible, I've been praying, but you know the truth. You know if you have a lot. Ask the honest self-assessment. How is my daily devotions with the Lord? Can I be doing better? Can I be more consistent? Am I spending quality time and making God a priority in my life? Make that a self-assessment. Also, a good self-assessment is, is my heart guarded? Is my heart guarded? Is it guarded from wrong relationships, wrong speech, wrong conversations, and wrong environments? Is my heart guarded from these things? Because these things can lead to open doors that lead to delusions. All these things. Is my heart guarded from wrong relationships, speech, conversations, and environments? Because if you begin to open up your heart to these things, guess what? The door to deception is right there. It's going to take you out. It can happen to you. It can happen to you. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. The third self-assessment. How is my thought life? How's, what, am, what are you thinking about? What are the things that you're allowing your mind to dwell on? Have you been struggling with wrong thoughts? Just crazy thoughts, crazy dreams. What's going on with your thought life? Have you confessed them to other believers? James 5 verse 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What I've realized about this, if I have crazy thoughts or just thoughts that are just not normal, the minute that I confess that to someone else, I find freedom. But the moment I keep them in and hold them into myself, I find myself in a place of bondage and shame and guilt. And I just clam up and I never tell anybody and it just gets worse. But the moment I expose them and open up to someone else, there's a freedom that comes with that. Don't hold that stuff in. If you're having crazy thoughts, you can just call someone that you can trust. But like, look, man, I'm just not thinking right. And if more people would do that, I believe that thoughts of suicide and depression and all those things would go down because all it is is people that lie to themselves and deceive themselves to thinking that nobody cares. Nobody cares what I'm thinking. Nobody cares what I'm going through. There was a girl back home in Baton Rouge at Southern University. She was a cheerleader. About two weeks ago, she wrote her suicide letter and committed suicide. She said, I've given up in the fight. Nobody cares. No, nobody cares what I'm going through. I know people have reached out and tried and she just felt like this is, the, I'm in, this is the only way for me to find peace now, is to end my life. And she ended her life 20-something years old. But the enemy deceived her to make her realize the only way out is to end it. That's a lie. Delusion. That's how delusion works. That's the end trap he's trying to deceive you to end your life. 
He's trying to take your life away from you with that delusion. That is the end. Whatever it is, he's trying to deceive you to take your life away. That's how delusion works. That's why we're talking about this, because it's real. Another thing to ask yourself, how are my attitudes and my emotions? When's the last time you asked yourself, how are my attitudes and my emotions? Sometimes you just go through life and you just, this is just who I am. This just, no. But how are you really doing? How are your attitudes and your emotions? What is causing you to have a bad attitude? If you do have a bad attitude, why do you have a bad attitude? What, what, what is causing that turmoil on the inside of you to lash out on people? You have to self-assess. What is really going on with me to find out the true reason that, what's the truth going on? Or am I being deceived by something inside of me? By my, you can be deceived by your emotions. Your emotions can deceive you. Self-assessments. Also, how are my decisions? Are you making wise decisions? Your decisions can lead you to a trap that leads to delusion. You keep making wrong decision after wrong decision. You keep telling yourself, oh, it's not that bad. I could get back on course because all it takes is one right decision. And I'm right. That's true. But if you keep making a history of bad decisions, it's going to be hard to make a good decision. But you have to make, how are my decisions? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, it reads, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. How are your decisions? And this is a big one. And there's so many things that we could talk about in self-assessment. I just want to give you a few. But there are so many things. And this is the last one. Can you take correction? Can you take correction? Correction tests your character. It tests your character. I can't tell you how many words of correction I've received that in my heart, I'm like, why are they talking to me like that? That they know who I am? What, what, what you mean, me? I need to do that? Yeah, I, I, it can happen to you. It happened to me, I'm telling you. Correction tests your character. What is it about the correction that upsets you? You don't like to be told the truth? Is that what it is? You don't want to, you want to be lied to and deceived to? It's easier for someone to sugarcoat it than to tell you the truth because the truth makes you confront things. And when you have to confront things, it can be painful depending upon what it is. And depending upon what you walk through, that can really be difficult to confront the truth. And so when you confront it with the truth and the truth corrects you, you're like, oh, no, now you feel attacked. And that's the enemy deceiving you to make you feel like, oh, they don't care about you. They don't care about you. They just pointing out stuff. Look, see, they trying to pick on you. They trying to mess with you. No, no, no. Correction to test your character. Pride will always keep you from accepting correction because it'll make you feel like I'm above that. They don't know who they're talking to. They don't know who I am. But I always have to ask myself, from if it's my wife or from whoever, can I take correction? Can I take correction? Because the moment I start feeling that pride rise up inside of me, I know there's an issue. There's something going on inside of my heart that's making me feel like I can't receive that. So we talked about what is delusion, talked about how the delusion form. How do we overcome delusion? The biggest way to overcome delusion is humility. Humility. Humility is a big deal. If you're proud in your thinking, 
it's almost impossible to be free from delusions because you can never humble yourself to admit that you were wrong. You will never admit to yourself that, hey, maybe I was just wrong in this area. But humility and openness are two ways to get free from delusion. If you can't be humble and you can't be open, it's going to be hard to get free from delusion. Those are two big ways. Psalms chapter 25, verse 8 through 9. It says, the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. So if you go astray, that's okay, but he give you the proper path. It says, he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Humility. Can you be humble and open to other people? Proverbs 11.2 says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Openness to the truth. Can you be open to the truth? Can you be confronted with the truth and you receive it and not get, get defensive about the truth? You want to get free from delusion? You have to be open to the truth. Second thing, how do I get free from delusion? You have to be open to others. You have to be open to receive correction and guidance and wisdom from others. You have to be open to tell others what you're going through. That, hey, this is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm feeling. Can I talk to you about that? But as long as you stay shut in and closed in and you don't open up, guess what? It's going to be hard to break free from that. You have to be open to others. Third thing is you have to be open to be wrong. One of the hardest things for Americans to say is I was wrong. We don't like to say that. We say, well, I made a mistake, or sometimes you just miss it. We'll come up with everything we say, I was wrong. We don't like to say that. <laughs> I'm wrong. What would you say? I didn't hear you. I, was, I said, I was wrong. We don't like to say that. But you have to be open to admit that you were wrong. That takes humility. All those are a willingness to accept the truth a willingness to be open to others, a willingness to, uh, to admit you're wrong, all that takes humility. And without humility, you will never break free from delusion. Humility and openness, that's how you break free. Because when you get to that point, pride doesn't matter. Because all you say is, I just want to be free. I want to receive all that God has for me. And when you get to that point where you're like, I want all God has for me, pride goes out the window. It goes out the window, and you say, I want to be free, because the enemy, again, he's out to deceive you. He is out to deceive you. He's out to deceive me. It could happen to you. It can happen to you. And it can happen just like that. You think you're doing good. You walk out on the path of righteousness. You, you, you love the Lord. That's the sad part. It happens to good church folks all the time. Good people that love the Lord. I know, I'm telling you, it happened to me. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know. It happens. It can happen to you. And you just think you're doing good, and all of a sudden, a little delusion, a little deceit comes in there, and you're off course a little bit. And now you're off. You're like, how did I get here? You allowed that delusion to come in, and you never dealt with it. This whole series is dealing with that. And I'll say, we're going to go deeper and deeper. It's going to be specific topics that we're going to talk about as we go deeper. But I really believe that through this series that God is going to help a lot of us. I'm talking to myself included. 
that God is going to help a lot of us make sure that we're on guard, on guard for the attacks of the enemy because the enemy is out to deceive you because he does not want you to receive the fullness of what God has for you. He's going to lie to you. He's going to do whatever he can to deceive you, to keep you in a place of delusion where you just miss the mark and you're just holding on to lies. You're holding on to falsehoods and not the truth. And we're going to talk more about the truth in the weeks to come. But we got to make sure that we understand. I know what delusion is. Now I know how to be on guard for it. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word that went forth today. I thank you that it falls on good ground, Lord God, that even now that you're ministering to our hearts and showing us areas in our life where the enemy has come in and tried to plant seeds of deception, Lord God, and delusion in our hearts and in our thoughts. And I just thank you right now, Lord God, for everyone under the sound of my voice, that you will begin to wave freedom, Lord God, that freedom will begin to reign supreme, that you will begin to free us from the deception and of the lies and the delusion of the enemy. I thank you right now that a freedom is coming, Lord God, that, that we would accept the truth, we would accept correction, that we would make self-assessments, Lord God, that we would be humble and open to others, Lord God, that we won't make excuses. But all in all, that it draws us closer to you to receive the fullness of what you have for us. But thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes still closed, I just want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. You watching online, you may not have a relationship with the Lord, but you realize today that you need one. I'd like to pray for you. You're in the room today that you want to come into right relationship with the Lord. Maybe you deceived yourself into thinking that you were in right relationship with the Lord, but you realize today I'm not. I want to pray with you. And I'm just going to ask everyone just to very reverent, just to place their hand over their heart. You watch it online, you can do the same. This is just between uh, you and God. And I want everyone just to repeat after me, say, Holy Spirit, come into my heart and forgive me for all of my sin. I repent and lay it down right now and I surrender my life. And I thank you for a new life of freedom in you. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, come on y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. For those that made a decision to follow Christ then, if there's one or two things I'd like for you to do, if you're watching online, you made that decision, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision to follow Christ. Also, if you're in a room, you made that decision on the back of the card in the front of you, and the seat back in front of you, it says, uh, let's connect. And it says, I made a decision, fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket on the way out. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Yes. Amen. Also, all the notes from this sermon series, you can find them on our app. You could download our app. Uh, we're going to give in a moment. You could give on our app as well. Uh, there's a tab there that you could give. You could go to our website at dolifemobile.org. You could give or you can mail in a check or money order. But I just want to say this about giving as well. Don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking that you can't afford to tithe. The enemy would love more to say that you don't make enough money, you don't do enough to tithe. But let me tell you, there is a blessing and a protection over your finances when you're faithful and consistent 
in the tithe. So if you ever find yourself struggling in your finances, don't let the enemy deceive you to say you can't afford to tithe. No, that's when you need to tithe. And I promise you there is a blessing that comes from that, that is a protection. I've seen it through my, all, my whole life that no matter what season I am, God has always provided because I was faithful with the tithe. So don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking that you can't afford to tithe. That is a lie and the deception where he's trying to keep you in a place of lack. Amen. 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 Let's pray for the tithe, and then we're going to dismiss you guys online. Lord, I thank you for the tithe and everything that's coming in today. I thank you that you bless all the people that are giving today. Bless your people. I thank you for their generosity. I pray that you meet all of their needs. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We love to invite you to prayer this Wednesday at 630. Also, be back in the building with us for next week for week two of It Could Happen to You. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week. Amen. Well, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Say, it can happen to me and it can happen to you. Just really quick before we dismiss, just want to remind you that if you're interested in kids camp, you want to volunteer, you want to sponsor, you want to find out how you can get involved in it. You want to go in the back and see Miss Tawana. She's back there dancing with a beautiful shirt on. All right. Also, parents of kids, um, nursery age, two to four, you want to go upstairs and grab them. And if you also came prepared to do so, you can drop your offering.